Lord, I pray blessing on this word portion of the meeting and people listening or watching online. I pray their hearts and lives would be changed and that we would grow spiritually and there would be spiritual nutrition. It's as though we're sitting at a, a spread at, at your table, partaking of your amazing abundance. And we, we, we thank you. It's your grace that leads us to your word and help us to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Help us to take action and uh, to see great outcomes in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. And um, I've been on a series on Friday nights. Friday is different from Sunday. The messages are completely different. For that matter, every service on Sunday is different. But the subject that I want to I'm talking about is the empowerment and enablement of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm going to go to Hebrews, uh, but I wanted to make sure that I shared my the text that I've been referencing, 1 Corinthians uh, 12.1 and 1 Corinthians 14.1. 12.1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware or ignorant or ill-informed. And uh, so God wants us to be uh, astute and have comprehension about the things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. God the Father sent his son Jesus to redeem humanity, and then Jesus baptized us in the Holy Spirit and fire. So the Holy Spirit is now poured out on all flesh, and that is a tremendous dividend. When he comes in on the scene, he changes a woman or a man into another person. He gives you insights that your intellect uh, doesn't extend to. He, he gives you uh, empowerment that your human persona didn't originate. It, it, it's an amazing, wonderful, when you understand this, the Bible says that we should desire it earnestly. It says, in fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, the, the chapter, I'm skipping over the love chapter, but you shouldn't, you should live in the love chapter, but pursue love yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Desire earnestly, I think the King James says covet, uh, but especially that you may prophesy. Well, prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort, and we're to be a prophetic people. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and prophecy means we're not left in the lurch or in the dark. Uh, he'll give us prophetic insights, and he wants us to understand that, and, uh, and, and, and be a, uh, have an advantage. It's to your advantage that I go, he said, uh, because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to come and he's going to help you, right? Yeah. Therefore, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, Do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Do not throw away, there's this commodity that is, it's not a throwaway commodity, and it's called confidence. As synonyms for it would be courage, bravery, assurance, reliance upon Jesus. In fact, the word confidence uh, in the Greek is parousia, and it, it actually is interesting. It means outspokenness, boldness in speech. In other words, 
don't throw away the confession of your faith. Don't throw away the subject of how powerful your faith proclamations are. Don't back off of it. Don't let the devil intimidate you. Don't let him uh, make you sheepish about it. Be, be bold about it. Get Pursue it. Desire it. Your design, the speech center of your brain, God wants you to decree a thing and believe God. Speak to your mountains. The very essence of the beginning of our new birth experience is embedded. And if you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So there, you, you can look no further than that to see that life and death is in the power of the tongue. There was a day a few years ago that I confessed Jesus as my Lord. You just saw Pastor John urge the people that were being water baptized to make that declaration. There's a power in that. There's power in your mouth. And the devil knows it and he wants you to shut up. And, uh, but God wants you to be bold. Uh, don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw it away. Because it has a great reward. There's a reward system in God. The people that, the, where, where he that comes to God must believe that he is and believe that he's a rewarder of those who seek it. You know, there's a reward in a fellowship, in, in association, in fellowship. The, the, where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in our midst. It's what part of what I love about going to church services and being in meetings. Because Jesus shows up. Plus, I love the fellowship of the saints. And you better love it, too, because you better get used to it, because we're going to have it for eternity. And that's why the love chapter's in there, so we can actually work it out and iron out all the wrinkles. <clears throat> but listen, for you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. The devil wants to discourage people and get them off track so they'll give up. Just quit. Just quit is is the devil's, uh, I would say, branding. That's his byline. I mean, what did Nike say? Just do it. I mean, what does Jesus say? Only be strong and very courageous, right? And uh, there's some virtue in this that we need to capture Um, because apparently the writer of Hebrews knew that the readers, the people that were hearing this and received this word, were being tempted to throw away their confidence. And there's a reward to sticking with something. Staying with the Lord. Paul, Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight. And then at the end of his life, he said, listen, I practice what I preach. Paul said, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I kept the faith. And there's laid up for me a crown. And not only for me, but everybody else that steps up and obeys and cooperates with God through the course of their days. So discouragement is the big strategy of the devil. And what is discouragement? It's the elimination of courage. And what is courage? It's confidence in God. It's assurance that he'll follow through for you. His promises are true. It is... Uh, another word for faith and faith pleases God and fighting the good fight of faith we're fighting against unbelief we're fighting against apathy we're fighting against 
the, the allure of a lesser thing. So we're saying, no, I found something, I've tasted, and I've seen that the Lord is good, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press on. You know, and, and, and I love, I love Philippians 3. Um, he said, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, right? You newlyweds, you press on. Right? You get in there and you adjust and, and you love each other and you flow. You're going to have decades of amazing companionship. You know, we've got widows and widowers in here. You've, you've done that and you've worked through your process and now you've got new things, things God's called you to do. You're still here, so God's not finished with you. So don't throw away your confidence. Listen, the, the, this is a confidence... Uh, environment. This, this is an environment where we come in, we tap into the resource of God's word, and it helps us to not falter, and in fact, to not back off. Here's what he says here. You have need of endurance, so when you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a li- very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So God is, he's saying, I I don't like it when people back off. Don't you back off for a minute. Don't Don't you hesitate. Press on. God likes it apparently um, when we persevere. He says, you have need of endurance. And the reason he's saying it isn't just so we would just, you know, all be uh, wound up. It's because he wants us to obtain all the, the abundance that he has on the other side of some of these temptations. You know, the, I, I remember Barry McGuire, the singer. And he, he, I, he didn't detail what he had backed off from. But he, he succumbed to the temptation to back off. It was amazing. He was this candid about this in this concert. And he said it was, he, he, it was painful for him. And he was exhorting us. He was in a youth group. He had just turned 50. He's now in his 80s. But he, he said, let me tell you, young people, you know, I believe for something. I was standing for it. And I gave up just right before the breakthrough. And I, I didn't understand the detail of it. But he was basically, it put all of us on, on the awareness that, hey, there might be something right on the other side. We might be more on the verge, and maybe particularly when it's that darkness before the dawn. We're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. And Jesus described him as a thief who comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the father of lies. He's the accuser of the brethren, right? And he's wicked. He's a hater. And he does not like Jesus, and he does not like the head of the church, and he does not like the church. He does not like you. He does not like God. He doesn't want to have anything to do with God. He's trying to disrupt things. He, he was beautified and reflective. He didn't have his own light, but he reflected God, and he worshiped. And uh, he was called the anointed cherub. And, he was, and then he got, until iniquity was found in him, he got puffed up with pride. He said, how could somebody as beautiful as me just worship? I should be worshiped. That's the Luciferic thing we see over and over again in the Caesars of Rome and in the, you know, influencers of the Internet. We see people that are longing, not everybody, but a lot of people that catch this 
And Jesus, uh, you know, was in the temptation in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4. And the devil said, look at all these kingdoms. They're mine to give, and I'll give them to whom I will. Just bow to me, you know, and uh, uh, all of this will be yours, you know. And Jesus said, no way, Jose. He says, uh, you, um, you shall love the Lord your God only. I'm not, bow- I'm not bowing my knee. And I'm not shrinking back. Say, I'm not bowing my knee. I'm not shrinking back. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm pressing on. So therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Keep it. Stand on it. You know, in the war, Second World War, Winston Churchill said, it's courage that counts. It's courage that counts. And he said this, you know, don't shrink back because it doesn't please God. So that's shrinking back is not faith. That's not a faith posture. So we keep pressing on. We just, we every day get up and persevere and endure. Verse 39 says, but we are not among those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith for the safekeeping of the soul. Can I hear an amen? amen. I like that it says that. But that's our culture. That's who we are in the new creation uh, uh, thing that Jesus has done in us. He's made us brand new, and we've become partakers of the divine nature. And now we, by inheritance, I don't know what your personality's like. I don't know what your life experience has been. I don't know what your inclinations are, how you're wired in your natural human personality, but I do know in the new creation, I know exactly what it says here. It says, you are not of those who shrink back to destruction. So this message is not be obnoxious and be loud. And it's, it's, it's what it is, is be diligent and, and be tenacious and trust God. And, and anxiety in my life has come when I, I, I stopped, I wasn't trusting God or I wasn't looking to God on something. You know, one time uh, we bought a farmhouse in uh, the, uh, the city, the, the, I don't know if it was MoDOT or if it was Chesterfield, but they had monies and they wanted to fix the road because it was a dangerous hilltop. It had a blind curve and the traffic was getting bigger and bigger and more because of development and so forth. So they approached me approached us and they said, hey, we, wanna, we want to cut back your property and we want to uh, uh, create a, 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 like a, a slope and we're going to have to build a wall down here. We're going to put a sidewalk and, um, you know, we need the easement. And it was like, well, I, you know, there was really no way around it. This order will condemn the property. So it's like, okay, so in the, in the name of wanting to, you know, contribute and be a good citizen I said well okay you know and then he said well so um, we're going to do the ratio where you're still able to mow the lawn and that kind of thing uh, and your house is here so we don't want we can't condemn your house and tear your house down and so they they but so we're going to put a wall down here and it's going to be a concrete poured wall and it's going to be cyclone fence and I said you know um, I, I I think we shouldn't have a concrete wall and a cyclone fence um, why don't we do something nicer? And he said, well, okay. So he brought in samples of these really nice stackable uh, big uh, blocks that would, would be able to withstand the hydrostatic pressure of the water and everything. 
And, and, and they, they, they said, yeah, we, we, what kind of fence do you want? And I said, well, something a little nicer, something more uh, uh, durable, something that would be more ornate. I mean, not ornate, but, but just nicer. So, so they brought in samples, and they said, you know, you pick. What, what do you want? I said, okay, so we're not going to do concrete. We'll do these blocks. And he said, you pick the color. They brought in all the selections. So it went from them cutting off all these beautiful trees. Remember those trees? I had so many. They were volunteer trees. And uh, I got so upset because I love the trees. But you know what a volunteer tree is? It's a weed. A squirrel dropped something over there and it grew, it grew a tree, you know. And, it, and I loved the block, the privacy of it, right? And I loved how big and mature the trees were. And I'm just not into chopping down beautiful trees, you know. But for the fact that it was for safety for the community, uh, I was for it. But then um, I wasn't for it looking cheapo on the front of my property, right? So I wasn't, you know, so we went back and forth. And, and, but what was really sad for me that I wanted, I'm confessing is how uh, upset I got for a period of time. Uh, just at the loss, at what I was sensing was going to be loss. And uh, I felt, uh, you know, and I was a young homeowner, and I was, you know, I was trying to fix this place up, and then all of a sudden, they, I, we didn't expect this, and it was going to be like, you know, uh, a tenth of a mile long, really, is what they cut down. And it, and it did alter the front yard substantially. Well, but now, you know what? It looks beautiful. And then Jim King he said, hey, we could plant some trees on here. And he said, so, so they let me pick the color of the blocks. And, and we, got, we got anodized uh, aluminum black that still looks just like brand new. And in fact, it was a precedence that once that precedence was established, when they started doing other changes like this, they just borrowed that exact... Uh, a thing that we worked on and labored over and picked, and it made it, it beautified the community. So it, what started out as a bummer turned around for good. And then Jim, he helped me pick out these blue spruce over here, a, 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 a red bud over here, a dogwood over here, uh, you know, a, couple, a bunch of pines and stuff, and it just grew and matured. You know, the neighbor across the street said, who... Who picked those trees for you? Look at how beautiful that is. And see, but at a, at a moment, I couldn't see what was up ahead for the future. And I got so bent out of shape over it. I'm embarrassed. Because, in fact, I apologized to God. I said, God, you had this all figured out. And it, was t- it, ended up being, it ended up making it look professional and beautiful. There's a sidewalk there. People walk their dogs. It's safer. People could see the traffic coming. They put an extra lane in there so that it, it, it's right. So it started out, whoa, what's going to happen? You know, so you, you, you go through seasons and you go through issues. Uh, and, and, and it's like, oh, and disappointments. And the enemy tries to ride on these things. And, hey, throw away your confidence. Quit confessing the word over your situation. Start worrying. Get upset. Get bummed out. Sit around and lose sleep over it. Get, get, get uh, irritated. Express your irritation. Go out there as the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and act like a jerk. You know, blow your witness, right? 
And, and then, you, you, you know, then you go back to it and go, wow, that was crazy. I mean, when the Billings, I mean, they, they moved to Ohio for a while. Remember that years ago? And, and then yet, and, and it was a hard time for them. But then here they are. And God, God's worked it all out. We've come through COVID-19. And we're all still here. And so there's a tribute to the mercy of God and the grace of God right there, right? And it's a big deal for me as a pastor when I look out and I see like that brave little girl that had to bust through some stuff to get into that water. Once she did, she's good to go. And these folks that have lost loved ones, it's painful. And we hate death. Death is an enemy. It's the final enemy that will ultimately be completely uh, obliterated. But, but, but since it happens, it's amazing to me when people show up and they're pressing in and they're believing God uh, for his grace and for strength to come, right? Those volunteer trees did not look as good as the trees Jim King planted. The front yard looked like it was, it was just an old farmhouse, just old ruddy-looking place. But now it looks kind of um, refined. You know, I, 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 it, it, I look at it now, and the same thing happened to my mother-in-law's house. They, they wanted to expand the road, and so we went into the negotiations, and, you know, um, <clears throat> we went back and forth on it until it got worked out, and it just made it look amazing. But when you first go at it, it's like, but we like the shade, the shade and the, and the, you know, but then it, it, God, he causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And even my daughter testifying about stuff she's had to overcome. Now you don't want to have to have that kind of experience, but since it happens, then you come in with a testimony and something called credibility. And it's like, uh, hey, let me tell you how good God was. My, I, I, I don't know how you feel, but let me tell you what happened when I went through this. Right? Are you listening to me? So say this with me. Do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. See, we have need of endurance, and that endurance is translated patience. It's hupomone in, in Greek, and it means cheerful, hopeful endurance constancy, patient continuance, patient continuance. You just, you know what? This is what we signed up for. So when you were in the hospital and you were in, and you had such an attack on your thought life and you told me, and when you told me, I felt the pressure and the weight of it, but you're here now and you've come through it. You've come through a lot of things and here you are, here we are. You know, you're, you've been raised in the church. You've been raised with the Christian parents. But it's, it's pivoted where you, at some point in your development as a young boy, now a young man, you've taken ownership on a personal experience with it. You know, you had, I don't know how many decades of pastoring as a Methodist pastor. And now, you know, you're on this side of that retirement season. And you're, you're, you're more on fire. You're more plugged in. Front row, ready to go. All you are on the front row. Look at, say hi to each other. And, uh, and you're not going to buy into the devil's lies 
that uh, the world has something better to offer than the kingdom, and why did my parents cram the gospel down my throat? You're not going to buy into the idea that my the great days were the past, and now I'm just like nothing else. We know because we know that that the world is passing away and all of its lust, but the one that does the will of God will live forever. And you know, when you're planted in the kingdom of God, you flourish like the palm tree, and you better better fruit the older you get. You widows and widowers know that God is near the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. You guys who have fallen into temptation know that with every temptation, God provides a way of escape and that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You know that there's mercy that triumphs over judgment and there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You who have failed, get back up because the righteous fall seven times and the Lord picks them up. And you don't go around pretentious, acting like you're so, so posh. You, you know where your help comes from. You know who gives you the grace and the strength and the mercy. So you don't cast away your confidence. You don't cast away your bravery. You don't cast away your courage. When the world has a pandemic or people are lying about things or it's got, got getting evil and it's going and racing toward an anti-Christ, you are running toward a pro-Christ. Because you found out how good God is. It's like, I don't need an anti-Christ. I need Christ. And he's so good and he's so been so good to me. That So a young person would say, I'm not going to be lured by the world. You're not going to intimidate me and tell me that I missed out on something because my parents were religious and made me go to church. I'm not, they didn't make me go to church. They're out of town. They're out, on their, they're out of town on their, their, their 26th anniversary or whatever, 27th anniversary, and you don't even know where they are. You don't even know what those sweethearts are doing. But he's on the front row in church, not because his parents made him come to church. And you that have been through things have a testimony. You have a developed understanding of the way life really is. You're practical. You have compassion. You, you, you know, you cancer survivors, you know, you, you, you go and look at somebody and say, hey, you can get through this. I did. And it's like, you did? Because of the fog, the brain fog and the fear. It's like, what do I do? You know, and God, by the way, will give you wisdom. And I was talking to a guy this week, and, he, and I, I saw God's hand on him with wisdom as he's tended to his mate, you know, and watching out for her. And it's like, there's wisdom on him for what to do. And it's like, haven't you read the reports? You see, you got to, all of a sudden, he's having to be the traffic cop with all the different specialists and doctors. And he's like, wait a minute. I first of all know Jesus is the Lord that heals, and that's healing comes from him. Secondly, I want to make sure we make right choices here, and I know God is faithful to help me make sure and give me wisdom. God is so good. Look at somebody next to you and say, God's giving you wisdom about that stuff you're dealing with. Tell somebody next to you, you are wise beyond your years. Alex, tell your dad how handsome you are. Alex feels, Alex feels bad for all of us on how handsome he is and how we have to all deal with it. And I agree. Uh, he's even got me agreeing with it. Let's back up a bit in this chapter and let's read verse 19 through 25. Look what it says here. 
It says in verse 19 of Hebrews 10, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. See, LaDonna and Holly were leading us in that truth about the blood that covers us and has paid the penalty for our sins. By a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let's approach God with a sincere heart. Look at this. In full assurance of faith. The war in Kosovo. We have full assurance of faith that God's going to help us, guide us, and help us help these people. When uh, Katrina hit, God, we have full assurance of faith that since you're prompting us in this direction, we know we'll have all the equipment we need, we'll have all the manpower we need, we'll have all the, the building supplies we need, we'll have a place to store these things, and we'll have the direction and the wherewithal to know who to help, and that, because we're led, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God, you're calling me to pastor a church. Since you're calling me to pastor a church, and I have to, it's a supernatural endeavor. Since you're the head of the church, I am leaning on you. And I have confidence because you're the head of the church, because you're leading me. And I prayed, fasted, sought the Lord about it. Yet, yet because this is the, uh, I'm confident that he that has begun a good work in us will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. I mean, we're such, this is a, this is a mighty move of God we're in right now. We're in a moment, man. The world is going crazy. Technology is accelerating. That passed our ability to even comprehend it. And, um, but yet, 8 billion people on the planet need to hear what we're hearing tonight. So don't throw away your confidence. Look at somebody and say, only be strong and very courageous. So it, 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 it says this. It says, uh, verse 23, wait, what did I read? 22, let's approach God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Don't you appreciate that? And our bodies washed with pure water. Thank God. Let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, this is very similar to cast not away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. And this says, let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope. Interesting. Everywhere we go, we're going to get through this. Husbands are to, to wash their wives with the water of the word. Honey, we're going to get through this. We're going to believe God, and God's going to supply. We're going to see a victory. I think about the Bowers driving back and forth from the hospital. Their son, Davey. Uh, with his lungs deteriorating from a, a terrible attack of infection. You know, they're standing on the promises of God. They're at the SLU Hospital, and the, the, which had a, by the way, beautiful uh, place with a big giant window. Uh, usually those waiting rooms are, are cooped up with a loud TV in the corner and a, you know, a, a fluorescent light ballast and a, and a um, you know, a vending machine with, you know, expensive soda in it, and you know, and, and and tar coffee over in the corner with Dixie cups, and and you know, but this had its big beautiful window, and man, they they and the family would just I when we would sit, be with them, we would hear, we're standing for this, we're believing for this, we're praying for this, and the doctor would come in and 
Do you guys realize what you're dealing with? Yes, we do. And, you know, and yet, they, they, in hope against hope, they believed. Do you realize your building flooded? Yes, but in hope against hope, we believed. Do you believe, do you realize you're not getting any younger? Yes, but it, it's, it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. What's, what's, what's the bearing on getting any younger? What, what is that anyway? The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter to the full day. Right? Oh, come on. Don't make me come down there. Let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope going forward without any wavering. Uh, Mike Harvey, married to Stephanie Friesmeyer, they're pastoring up there in uh, Glory Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, he, one day, you know, he's a rapper, and he said, and he, he, you know, he said, uh, Pastor Jeff, you're a staggernaut. And I, I said, uh, excuse me? He says, you're a staggernaut. I thought, well, is that like an astronaut? And he said, no, you're, you're a staggernaut. And then he, in, the, in Romans 4, in the King James, it said, Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. So you're looking at a staggernaut. This rapper told me, hey, you know, he's minister. The rapper tells me I'm a staggernaut. So look at somebody next to you and say, you're a staggernaut. Because what's staggering? What, what's staggering is like vacillating. And the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand. And, and by the way, I'm not preaching human determinism, although human determinism is important in our reaction to and apprehension of the promises of God. Having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. So is that human determinism? Well, it's, it's a step of faith and a stance we take. I am believing God that his purposes are going to come to pass even in these kind of convoluted uh, uh, situations, these disappointing circumstances, these flare-ups from hell. But by the grace of God, uh, he, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can abase. I can abound. I can get along in humble means. I can get along in abundance. Right? Philippians 4.13 said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is the Lord your strength? Is he your hope? See, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And there's heart sickness in the world from people being depleted. And, but faith is the substance of the things we hope for. See, Mr. and Mrs. Richard had a bunch of kids. And uh, they had hope as they raised their kids that they'd serve the Lord. And they were dear, godly saints. And uh, their faith gave substance to the things they hoped for. So like the Whitmans, they would bring their kids to church. And Mrs. Richard would have a a felt board and do uh, children's church Bible stories with the kids. Um... Mark got saved, uh, and then he became a soul winner. And uh, Gail just had a birthday. Happy birthday wherever you are, Gail. Um, You know, you see Kathy on those signs, I pray for her. You see people on a billboard, you stretch your hands and pray for them. When I saw Tom Shaw's name on the, the red letters with the white 
uh, signs everywhere up and down Wild Horse Creek Road. I didn't know who that guy was. But he, something dropped in my heart to pray for Tom Shaw. I prayed for Tom Shaw since the early 80s. Prayed for him, got a burden for him. Later, I met him years later. He's this big, tall, white-haired man with a, just a confidence exuding such a, you know, big personality, you know, and uh, his daughter's here. And, and uh, I, I got to watch him give his heart to the Lord in 1995. God is so good, and his mercy endures forever, and his grace is sufficient. And what he starts, he'll bring to completion. So we might as well get in on his consistency. His soul has no pleasure in those who shrink back. And we don't, we're not staggered us. We don't vacillate. You know, the prophet said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? And that's what I'm saying to the, this young man. And, and, I, and I'm not concerned about him, but I know the devil likes to play off of, well, you just were raised religious. You were living in a, you know, in a bubble, and now you, you got to really go out and sow some wild oats and come on out here and, and, you know, and, and partake. You know, it's, it's all so overrated. And, you know, as, as people get tempted to go in that direction, there are, like, there are hundreds of people going, I just got so burned, don't go there. And they're running to Jesus. So it's like, don't even bother. It's ridiculous. It's empty. It's a waste. It's dreary. Um, so let's look and continue. Uh, what part, where, what did I? Yeah. So it says, um, let us consider. Oh, 23. Let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what? He's faithful. Can I tell you, I'm part of the faithful movement. I'm moving with the faithful God. I'm, I, my theology is rooted in his faithfulness. That's all it is. It's his faithfulness that produces faith. Because he's faithful, I'm going to hang out with and align with him. I'm going to trust God on this situation. With everything we face... I said that with everything we face. Let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Your word is true. Your promises are are reliable. And let's consider, by the way, since we're on this, how to encourage one another to love and to good deeds. It's not enough of this in the world. There needs to be an encouragement revolution starting right now. We need to consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. It says, let's encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What is the day? It's the day of the Lord. It's a day where Michael the archangel is going to shout, and Jesus is coming back. The dead in Christ are going to rise. You know, I was watching a, a documentary on Hasidic Judaism in New York, Brooklyn, and uh, there, I was watching in a, in a Hebrew school, and these kids were longing for the Messiah. And as a Christian, I've embraced Jesus as Messiah. I, I see he's the fulfillment 
of, of to, he's the, the gospel is the power of God to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, Rabbi Jim Bennett is coming from Sheremeth on the third service with his conf, confirmation class uh, this Sunday at the 1115 service. He knows that I've embraced Jesus as Messiah. He knows where I stand. And, I, you know, and, and there's a great uh, uh, love uh, and affection we have for each other. Um, we pray for one another, and we stand together. And uh, I'm just all about Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm totally sold out on who he is, what he did, what his capabilities are, his availability and his presence. Come on. So when these guys got baptized, it was a big deal. As they go in one way, they come out another way. They let, it's a burial of the old man that's raising up to walk in newness of life. Right? So, uh, yeah, those, those, they're longing for, and, I, and I, I pray Jesus would be, I'm believing for a great harvest of souls in our generation and in our time. I'm run, and by the way, I'm running out of time. So, listen, he who is coming will come. And in the meantime, it is a meantime. And so we stand firm on the promises of God. Let's go, since we're in Hebrews, we'll finish with this. Hebrews 6, uh, uh, go back a couple of chapters to Hebrews 6, and I'm going to just conclude. And what am I talking about? Cast not away your confidence. What am I doing? I'm doing what it said in the last verse I just read. Consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Look at somebody next to you and say, there's more for you to do. Tell them back to them, you've got a lot of game in you. There are gifts in your life you don't even know about. Ask the person next to you, do you realize how anointed you are? Do you realize how anointed you are? You know what the anointing is? It's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what I think about the anointing. It'll help a husband to be a good husband to a wife. It'll help a wife to be a, a good wife to a husband. It'll help a dad to figure out how to raise the kids right. It'll help an adult to address the issues of the day. It'll help a senior to stay in the game. I, listen, I had experiences as a young person with my elders, and I watched them thrive into advancing years and bear better fruit than they ever had. Bonke, Reinhard Bonke, led more people to the Lord from 2000 to his death than he did all the preceding decades of his ministry. The people that started our Bible school, the guy was in his 60s. He had been through so much through the 30s, 40s, and 50s, 60s, and then he hits the 70s, and he's providing leadership and equipping during the the Jesus movement and the charismatic renewal, and he's right up on the ready to go to serve. Well, so many people burned out along the way. Say this with me. I'm not burning out. But I am on fire. All right, listen to what this says as we finish. Hebrews 6, 9. Let's read the 9 through 15. It says, but beloved, we are convinced of better things regarding you, things that accompany salvation, even though we were speaking in this way. So Paul is saying things about the doctrines of the Christ, and he's talking about people falling away and things like that. But he says, no, I know you're not going to do that. I'm confident you're going to press on. 
For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name. All the things, the obedience, the sacrifices, the service, the prayer, the the fight of faith, your battles, your tears. He says he's not unjust to forget any of those things. He sees those things. He values those things. And he, he, he retains the awareness of those things by having served and by still serving the saints. And we desire that each one of you demonstrate the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. This is my message today. That we desire that each one of you demonstrate the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. The hand of the diligent shall rule so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and endurance or patience inherit the promises. Say this with me. It's by faith and patience that I inherit the promises. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear an oath by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply you, period. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Let's all stand up on our feet. See, it's through faith and patience. Patience is not just sticking around and just standing still, but it is uh, continuing and standing firm. Subtle difference. It's not a passive posture. It is a stance. We take our stand. Having done everything to stand firm, we stand firm. Suicidal thoughts are the devil's idea to try to take you out of the game. Don't listen to it. Discouragement is the devil trying to retrieve your and and, uh, stop your courage so you'll seize and you won't press forward. Listen. There are things on the other side of the battles you and I face make it worthwhile for you to press on anyway. Do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. In Jesus' name, we are not throwing away our confidence. See, the confidence level is going up. And at the gas station, I was disappointed when they said you can't top the tank. Because we used to, my dad used to step on the bumper to jiggle out the bubbles when he pumped the gas into the car. And now, oh, don't top your tank. But here at St. Louis Family Church, it's okay to have your tank topped. In fact, my cup runneth over. It's never good with gas shooting out of your tank, but... It is good when living water is shooting out of your spiritual life. And the Bible says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Right? Hold up up both hands before the Lord and say, here am I, Lord. I yield to your purposes, which you have planned since before I was formed in my mother's womb. I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love him God you have a plan and I'm in preparation 
and I make myself available for signs and wonders, for souls to be saved, prayers to be answered, miracles to occur. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's worship as we go.